KYPM, Elisa here. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you to see more of Jesus in your life. God bless as you listen in. There's a classic movie in the 90s called Home Alone. Chances are you would have at least seen it once or like me countless times. As Kevin McAllister got left behind by his family for the Christmas holiday trip to Paris, he woke up dazed, confused. The whole house was quiet, tidy and in order. His parents weren't around, his annoying brother Buzz was gone, his cousins, uncles, aunties all gone. He had the whole house to himself, non-stop junk fooding, jumping on his parents' bed, running throughout the house and town until he faced off with the burglars, Harry and Marv, the wet bandits. Remember, cause they leave the faucets of the kitchen on, flooding the entire house as they left. With the help of neighbor old man Marley, the police and the sight of mum, that Kevin realized there's truly nothing like having his house filled with the people that loves and cares for him. How about us? In our own house of hearts, how has it been for us? Have we allowed the weight of so many others interfering, intruding and invading that we no longer have space for ourselves? Or has it been the opposite? where he has felt vacant, unattended and deserted. The once community of people are no longer there for the moment. Has the busyness, burden and baggage of studies, work, people just made you want to leave your very own space? Specifically as disciples of Christ, have we entertained thoughts, actions and habits that are unhealthy, damaging, not God's best for us and saying it plainly, sinful? Has our once whole heart, now left with half of less or less of it for Jesus. I want to share with you that like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone, you don't have to be home alone. Jesus cares for you and he desires to have a space in your heart, if not your whole house of hearts. In a key verse taken from Luke 19 verse 7, it tells us, All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner, and he referring to Jesus. Now what was happening here in Luke 19? Jesus was making his way to Jerusalem, through Jericho. And by this point of his ministry, he was a full-on local celebrity as how we would know it in our times. The Bible records that large crowds followed him around. If there was the 5,000 or many more thousands at the feeding of the five loaves and two fishes in Luke 9, if there was the 4,000 or many more thousands at the feeding of the seven loaves and a few fishes in Matthew 15, can you imagine the thousands more by now following Jesus and the disciples? This was just days before Jesus was to be crucified on the cross. People were being saved, miracles of healing taking place, people being delivered from evil spirits. Word about Jesus went wild. Yet at the same time, there were many genuine skeptics, people who respected Jesus as a good teacher, a miracle worker, but nothing more than that. There were also those who were hot on his trail to capture, jail and persecute him because he was disrupting their normal way of life. And of course, there were those who believed in him and followed him wholeheartedly that were observing, rejoicing, deciding and anticipating what more could come from this Jesus, the God-man. So through this sermon, we'll learn how do we welcome Jesus and make him stay. With the chaos, challenges and at times calmness of life, where is Jesus in my life? The pandemic has certainly sifted out what's beneath the surface. The disruption of the normal we once had to perhaps something better God has for us, right? Were we just following the crowd like those thousands were in Jesus' time? 
Or are we the few disciples that found Jesus more than just a Sunday routine, a religious safety net, a clean image to be associated with? Who is Jesus to us? I pray through this sermon we will be able to respond, I want to be found and remain in Jesus. Leaning the title for this sermon podcast is The Guest, The Host. The big idea to take home from this sermon is Jesus Cares. There's another classic movie in the 2000s that caught my attention as I was thinking through this podcast. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Where this old man Benjamin grew from an old baby, if that makes sense, which is why it's a movie, younger and younger each day, growing in reverse from an old man to an adult to a young adult until he became a boy, a baby, and died as a baby. How obscure, right? Our application will help us understand the need to shrug off the weight of a dying world and to grow more and more in reverse in childlike faith, to believe in Jesus wholeheartedly as Zacchaeus did. Now we know from the Bible that most of the 12 disciples of Jesus were simple, everyday people. The brothers Peter and Andrew were fishermen. The other brothers, James and John, both fishermen too. Matthew was a tax collector. Simon, probably an aspiring politician. And the other, Philip, Nathaniel, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Judas, son of James, uh, Judas Iscariot, well, little is known about them. For some of us who grew up on Sunday school and children's church, we may remember a song about Zacchaeus. I'm definitely not going to attempt to sing it. But he was, according to the Bible, someone not liked. People didn't like him. In those times, tax collectors like Zacchaeus were like government officers in our day, employed to work on behalf of the government, in his case, to collect taxes. Well, Zacchaeus, the twelve disciples, the many other great men and women of God and us today, many of us are ordinary people that believes in an extraordinary God that can do super ordinary things in and through us. Amen? But what usually happens with someone like Zacchaeus is they would not only collect what is due according to each person based on their income, assets, and expenditures, he would put in a separate category for himself called corruption. He would alter the figure so that he could take a portion for himself. Now, the Roman government wouldn't mind, or would they, do? they wouldn't know actually, as long as these tax collectors brought to them what is required. However, the people would hate and stay away from such men as Zacchaeus. And he was especially wealthy because he was a chief tax collector, meaning he would have gotten his officers below him to give him a share of what they collected for themselves too. The Bible also records that he was someone quite short. The Sunday school song sings, A wee little man was he. Perhaps uh, like a dwarf, a midget. Luke 19, 4-5 says this of Zacchaeus. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Now to elaborate a little bit, to Zacchaeus' officers, people around him, and even us, it seemed like Zacchaeus was the one who desperately wanted to see Jesus. It certainly wasn't a custom for men of such stature in society to run like how he did and let alone climb trees like a child. I mean, I know some of us would climb fences, jump over cars if we see BTS, Blackpink and maybe for me, David Beckham. Perhaps it was curiosity that got the better of him. But you know what? I truly believe that the Holy Spirit was drawing his attention to Jesus 
that the Holy Spirit was drawing Zacchaeus' attention to Jesus. Because what happens next certainly turned the tables around. Did you notice? It was not Zacchaeus who invited Jesus to his house. But it was Jesus instead that said, I must stay in your house today. Friends, I want to encourage you. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door of our hearts and desires to have a life-changing meal with us in Revelation 3.20. He wants to save us. He wants to restore us. He wants to journey with us. Like Adam and Eve, it was God who came looking for them when they sinned and hid away from God in Genesis 3. While we may not know what really made Zacchaeus climb up the tree to see Jesus, we do know that it was Jesus who extended the invitation to Zacchaeus instead to come to his house. Friends, Jesus loves you. He paid a heavy price, his life, to be able to extend this invitation to come into your heart. There's no road too far gone that Jesus will not take to go after you. There's no addiction too great that Jesus cannot break and save you from. There's no depression, anxiety, trauma that Jesus cannot bring peace, hope and wholeness. You know the verse I just quoted from Revelation 3.20, which often we quote to non-believers that says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. These were written to Christians, to the Laodicean church. Did you realize Adam and Eve already knew who God was? If not, as it was as if they were meeting God for the very first time when they tried to hide away from God. Now, what's my point here? My point is, God loves you, His child, too much that He would see you depart from Him. He may discipline us. He may correct us, allow us to grow through the learning process, which could be painful, but with His grace. The Laodicean church were Christians who had everything they need until they had no more place for Jesus. They begin to slack, trusting more in themselves than in God. They begin to grow cold. Prayer was no longer fueling their engine room. They begin to be prideful. They were rich in wealth but poor in spirit. They were building their own kingdom. The kingdom of God was in ruins. God needed to open up their eyes bring them to their knees, and to knock at, at the door of their heart once again. Jesus wants to be the resident of our hearts. The guests or the hosts, what is the difference? Well, Zacchaeus found out. See, Zacchaeus is not just a children's story. It is a redemptive reality. In completing the narrative of this incident, the Bible says in Luke 19, 8-10, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Here's where many people twist scripture. I don't want you to miss this, so lean in. It was not because Zacchaeus gave his money that he was saved. It was not because of his works, but it was instead Jesus who gave. Jesus who gave an opportunity, an invitation, a lifeline to save him. The Zacchaeus' response through that was to correct his wrongdoings according to the Jewish laws. But more importantly, his giving came not, not out of fear, but from thanksgiving. Thanksgiving from the new life he had in Jesus. Notice Jesus mentioned son of Abraham to Zacchaeus. Now what does that mean? It meant that he was a believer, a true descendant of Abraham. 
one that believed in the eternal God. But the major theme of the story to Zacchaeus lies after this. The mission of Jesus, which is, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus didn't come as a guest to his own party. He came with an invitation to host everybody. Friends, God does not require you to give, serve, do out of fear or duty. Rather, out of joy, gratefulness and thanksgiving. Like Zacchaeus, it will be our desire to honour the Lord with our resources, time and life. Would you imagine the kind of impact Zacchaeus made once he became a disciple of Jesus? Public opinion in tax collectors would have been restored. Other tax collectors would have stopped extorting and practicing corruption. I would like to believe also that many of these tax collectors and their clients would have given their lives to Jesus too, seeing the kind of change that happened to a man like Zacchaeus. That's the kind of marketplace, university, school, neighborhood, witness you have for Christ too. When your words, actions, thoughts show the love of Jesus. And when you get to extend Jesus' invitation to them too. In today's application of growing in reverse to be more childlike in faith. For us to welcome Jesus, make him the resident and the host of our lives. Here are three principles to learn from Zacchaeus and the Laodicean church in Revelation 3. First principle is humility. Now Jesus said, Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Luke 18.17 Perhaps more than anything, it could be pride that is keeping many people who think they can do it on their own from trusting in Jesus. Like a little child, it takes simple faith to believe and follow Jesus. Zacchaeus would not have entertained the thought of people laughing at him, cursing at him, criticizing him, looking down at him and even cancelling him for what he did to see Jesus. But he did. He humbled himself because he knew it was Jesus. So can I suggest to you, each time as you pray, ask God to humble your heart before him. As you genuinely and sincerely do that, the Holy Spirit will reveal areas of pride and self-centeredness. And by his grace, he will humble you before God. Repent and next, respond to God. And that's the second principle, response. In James 2 verse 14 to 17, James, the half-brother of Jesus, said this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can, has, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but that does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accomplished or, or accompanied by action, is dead. See, our faith in Jesus must come alongside an appropriate response. So often I hear the typical textbook answer. Okay, David, I'll share the gospel to them. You know, as a response. Share what gospel? That's awesome, but such an extreme reality from where you are really at to actually share the gospel? Let's be real for a minute, can we? If I ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, and I, and I don't mean this to put you down, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most confident. Give me a number of how confident you are in sharing the gospel like right now. See? But if I ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, give me a number of how confident you are in being kind, doing something nice, offering encouragement or saying, let's talk about it over the phone. 
saying, let me pray for you. See, that's what Zacchaeus did. He did baby steps. Sure, it wasn't straight up sharing the gospel as a new believer. But he responded according to what's in his hands and capacity at that moment. Let's be practical in the response of our faith to love others as how Jesus did. And the third principle is joy. There must have been something missing in the hearts of the Laodicean church. For Jesus to come to their hearts and to knock, their hearts were cold. Their joy was replaced by the concerns of the world, money-making, merry-making, and making themselves their own masters. Joy is a principle because it can only come when we place our complete communion and confidence in Jesus. It's not dependent on what happens, who does what, why not our way. Joy examines our hearts to see where is the source of our happiness, hope, and help. For Zacchaeus, he would have never expected that at the end of that day, he would have joyfully fellowship with Jesus because he humbled himself and responded according to his faith in Jesus. In your everyday walk with Jesus, ask him to be the source. Ask him to be your strength. Ask him to be your only saviour. And set at his feet anything else that would take that place in your life. He will grant you the grace to overcome. In conclusion, John MacArthur wrote in The Twelve Ordinary Men, a book. Judas Iscariot, on the other hand, stands as a warning about the evil potential of spiritual carelessness, squandered opportunity, sinful lust, and hardness of the heart. He was a man who drew as close to the Saviour as it humanly possible was. He enjoyed every privilege Christ affords. He was intimately familiar with everything Jesus taught. Yet he remained in unbelief and went into a hopeless eternity. We knew that Judas sold Jesus off for 30 pieces of silver. What have we traded Jesus away for? Our time spent excessively on gaming, studying, sleeping, working, socializing, hanging out. Our efforts on our hobbies, our projects, our business, or even being religious but having no relationship being with Jesus. See, the crowds did not know that Jesus came to be the host of this sinner. He did not come to be a guest of a sinner. Should you also let the crowds around you determine how you live for Jesus? Today, Jesus wants to present you with an opportunity to change. See, we like the idea of change. Change of government, change of policy, policies against discrimination, change of leaders for more progressive programs, change for this and change for that. But how much of ourselves do we want to change? Jesus now stands at the door of your heart and knocks. If you can bow your hearts and allow me to lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, to everyone listening, teach us as your disciples how to have you as the host of our hearts, the one that sits enthroned as Lord, King and God. Holy Spirit, teach us to humble ourselves, to respond to you in faith, and to have you be the joy of our lives by making you the only source, strength and saviour of our lives. We recognise that you are standing at the door of our hearts and knock. As we open the door, we no longer want you to be the guest, but rather the host in our lives. Help us to be more like you each day. In Jesus' name.
Amen. We've made it to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, do share it on your social media platforms. And if you haven't already, do listen to our previous episodes. And make sure to follow us at YPMGD Clang for more updates.